Welcome back to our look at Hebrews chapter 9. This is day 2 of our look. We're going to look at verses 9 to 14 today. Yesterday we looked at the tabernacle and how Jesus is the fulfillment of all the worship, all the sacrifices that were done in that tabernacle. He was what it all looked toward, looked forward to. We pick up at that in verse 9. And then in verse 9, we also begin to hear about what that means for us, for our lives, for even our inner conscience, how we live, how we look at life. Listen to what verses 9 and 10 have to say. This is an illustration. The tabernacle is an illustration for the present time, indicating that the gifts and sacrifices being offered were not able to clear the conscience of the worshiper. They are only a matter of food and drink and various ceremonial washings, external regulations applying until the time of the new order. Well, now is the time of the new order. Now is the time that Jesus has come. Before that, we're told that because the high priest had to go in every year and make a sacrifice one more time, one more time every year, the illustration is the conscience wasn't cleared. If it was cleared, it would be done, it would be over, but it was not done, it was not over. Now, in these verses we're going to look at today, there's a lot about our conscience, your conscience. So we're going to talk about some principles for dealing with your conscience that promise to change the way that you live your life. And before we look at these two major principles, let me just begin with saying, what's a conscience? Everyone of us has a conscience, but what is it? And you may not be able to analyze it or figure it out. Many times you can't control it, but every one of us has a conscience. Someone's defined a conscience as that still, small voice that makes you feel smaller still. Or one little boy said it this way, it's that which feels bad when everything else feels good. It's the thing that tells you, I'm going the wrong direction here. But it's also the thing that tells you, that's a good thing to do. Conscience is the internal voice that sits in judgment over your will and actions. Now, there's a common idea out there that says your conscience is the way that you know right from wrong. But that's not the truth. The conscience is not the way you know right from wrong. It is the training and righteousness the scripture teaches us that helps us to understand what is right and what is wrong. It is a trained conscience by God's word that's empowered by God's spirit that can know right from wrong. But our conscience tells us maybe what's right and wrong, but it could be right, it could be wrong because it could have been trained by the wrong person. It could have been trained in the wrong way. Your conscience can be mistaken. It can be very mistaken. It's not a safe guide by itself. It it accuses you when you violate whatever moral standards you have, but that moral standard might be a wrong standard. It says you're doing a great job when you do whatever is good according to your moral standard, but who knows? You might have grown up in a gang which says a good thing to do is to kill somebody from a rival gang. So you feel good about yourself, but the truth is your conscience has not been trained to know real right from real wrong. Paul understood this. He says in 1 Corinthians 4, 4, my conscience is clear, but that doesn't make me innocent. It's the Lord who judges me. As you look through the Bible, it speaks of a guilty conscience, a stricken conscience, a clear conscience, a weak conscience, having no conscience, having a good conscience, and tells us very clearly, you can't depend on your conscience, but you must clear your conscience. You must clear your conscience. And once you clear your conscience as a believer, then you begin to train that conscience so that all of a sudden you can live with a new conscience before God, a new sense of what's right and what's wrong. So if you have to start by clearing your conscience, because no matter how you've been trained, how you've been brought up, all of us have sinned. All of us have things that we've done that we know are wrong. These verses focus on how do you clear your conscience? And you might have noticed we just read the sacrifices that were given year after year, they were not able to clear the conscience of the worshiper. So here's principle number one, two principles. First principle is 
external regulations and practices cannot clear the internal conscience. Something you do on the outside, going to church, going to worship, using prayer beads, something you do on the outside, some kind of ritual, some kind of practice, that can't clear your conscience. Having a daily quiet time can't clear your conscience. An external regulation or practice can't clear your conscience. It's the person who says, you know, I do all I can to serve the Lord, but I still feel guilty. And then I feel guilty about feeling guilty. Well, the problem is doing all you can and expecting that's going to clear your conscience. This is talking about the poverty of activity. If I try to get right before God with just my activity, I'm never going to get there. I'm not going to get there. Activity does not equal acceptance. Me being active and doing worshipful things does not equal me sensing the acceptance that I have before God. So external cannot clear the conscience. What does clear the conscience? Well, let's read in verse 11. Verse 11 down through verse 14. When Christ came as high priest of the good things that are already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not man-made. That is to say, not a part of this creation. He did not enter by the means, by the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, having obtained eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean sanctify them so that they're outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God? So external practices can't cleanse your conscience. This tells us the blood of Christ will cleanse your conscience. And we walk through these phrases in these verses, a high priest, Jesus is a high priest of the good things that are already here. What are those good things? They're the new things that come into our lives because of Jesus' death for us and his resurrection. We're told here that he went through a greater and more perfect tabernacle. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about the fact that this tabernacle is the tabernacle of heaven, the perfect place of God's presence. We're told here that he entered that most holy place once for all. He didn't have to do it year after year. He did it once, and he did it for all of us. And having done that, he obtained eternal redemption. The high priest had to go year after year. Jesus, one time, gave for all, and it's an eternal, it's an eternal guarantee and promise. Through the Spirit, Jesus offered himself unblemished. And then this phrase, to cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death. Now, these acts that lead to death, what he's talking about here is not the bad things that you do. He's talking actually about the good things that we try to do to make ourselves right before God. But in the end, it just leads to death because you can't do enough good things. You see, we try to ease our conscience rather than clearing our conscience many times. You do something bad, so you try to balance it out by doing something good. And even as a believer who has been given a clear conscience by the blood of Christ, we can fall into this trap again. We can begin to minister, we can begin to serve out of guilt rather than out of love, out of wanting to ease our conscience. There's some habitual sin in your life, you commit that sin, and maybe it's anger, maybe it's lust, maybe it's judgmentalism, maybe it's, I don't know, whatever it is in your life. But you commit that sin and you think, oh, I've done something bad. I gotta do something good to balance that out. So then you go and serve somebody or you make sure you go to church that weekend or you read more of God's word. You're trying to ease your conscience rather than accepting the fact that you have a cleansed conscience. It's a trap. It's a trap. It's the blame and shame trap. I blame myself for what I've done. I feel ashamed of what I've done. So now maybe I can go and I'll serve God out of that. 
It's the trap of trying to make up for the wrong things that you've done by doing good things. You can fall into this trap before you come to know Christ by trying to get into God's good graces by doing good things or trying to clean up your life enough so that now Jesus might accept you. You can't clean up your life enough. I'll go to church for maybe like a year and then I'll accept Jesus because now I'll be closer to him. We're so far from him. You don't wait a year. You accept him now. You accept him now. Do not settle for trying to ease your conscience when you can have your conscience cleansed. You can have your conscience cleansed by the blood of Christ. You just go to him and you say, Jesus, thank you that when you died on the cross, you died for all of my sins. And thank you that you cleansed my conscience. You are willing to come in and free me from guilt. Free me from guilt because of that. You may have never prayed that prayer. You can pray it right now. You may have prayed that prayer years and years ago, but you found yourself lately trying to ease your conscience, even though you're forgiven, even though you know Jesus died on the cross for you. Go back to recognizing the cleansed conscience that he gave you. Now, I want you to notice the last phrase. He cleanses our conscience so that, in verse 14, we may serve the living God. Out of a cleansed conscience comes this so that, so that I can serve. A cleansed conscience is vital for serving God. The Apostle Paul talks about it again and again as he writes. He says, we serve God with a clear conscience. You see, if you don't have a clear conscience, your service for God is just you trying to make up for what you've done wrong. And that kind of service almost always ends up tripping over itself. It almost never lasts because the starting point is you. The starting point is your hurt, your pain, what you've done wrong. The starting point isn't the Lord, what he's done for you. The starting point isn't even those you are serving, the fact that you love them. The starting point is you. You try to make things right. You don't start there. If you really want to serve the living God, you start by recognizing, I am forgiven. My, my conscience is cleansed. And because of that, out of that, I can serve. I can serve for a lifetime. Now, let me talk to you about the reality of this. In reality, we tend to serve with mixed motivations. Many of us, as we come to know Christ, as we first start serving him, the truth is, there's a lot of trying to make up for the wrong things that we've done in our heart. We struggle many, many times with thinking about the past and wanting to outlive the past. And what I found in my life and in many believers' life is, God, as we walk through serving him year after year, he more and more clarifies our conscience and helps us to recognize, I'm not serving him to make up for what I did wrong. I'm serving him because of all that he did right in my life, all that he's given me. You see, as you see that process going on, as you see the old guilt dropping off more and more, you'll find yourself more and more empowered to serve, more and more empowered to love others. If you don't allow that process to happen, if you continue to try to motivate yourself to serve based on the wrong things that you've done, you're going to feel weary in serving. You're not going to last. The fact of the matter is, there's going to be some anger many times in the way that you serve. There's going to be a sense of shame that leads to anger in the way that you serve. If you feel that happening in your life, you need to accept the cleansed conscience that Jesus wants to give you. First of all, recognize it's not by keeping any external regulation or any external practice that your conscience can be cleansed. Just give up on that entirely. The whole Old Testament is written to tell us that doesn't work. And then recognize that the blood of Christ has cleansed your conscience. And out of that, out of that, serve a living God. As we pray together, would you just join me in this prayer? Jesus, we want to serve you today. We want to serve you not out of guilt, but out of grace. We want to serve you not to make up for what we've done wrong, but because we are so grateful for what you have done in our lives, who you are in our lives. We want to serve you as those who have been cleansed by you. 
not trying to get cleansed, not trying to get better or trying to make ourselves more fit for heaven, but as those who have been made fit for heaven by you. Let us serve with that kind of heart today, that kind of power today. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Tomorrow, we're going to look at the power in the blood. <laughs>